are geek-centric, and you can be too. Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our special Behind the Geeks episode for Monarch Legacy of Monsters. My name is Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, video games, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me for today's monster-filled episode, we've got the Japan-loving Justin the Jet Jaguar Lawrence. Jet Jaguar, there's that name again. <laughs> there's that name again. We talked about him on the on the spoiler free, and uh, yeah, man, I, I I was you know kind of looking into more. Uh, I, I'm, it's interesting to see all the different like legacy kaiju. There's some really interesting like weird ones. Like I'm going to send you a picture of one right now. Uh, his name is Goramon. Um, <laughs> he just looks insane if you're listening to this and you get a chance to just do a quick google search for goramon kaiju um apparently they repurposed the pigman or pigmon uh costume for this one that is terrifying that is a terrifying <laughs> kaiju and if that's a kaiju that like is destroying cities that is yeah horrifying right that is i i don't uh, yeah i'm not i'm not uh i'm not digging this one this one well, the design seems a little off you know i asked i, I we talked in our Spoiler free about uh, maybe like our favorite, but I want to try a different question before we get into some of these uh, these interviews, uh, which is, you know, if you could pick a kaiju to be friends with, because I think that's the big thing with this series and with with any of these monster movies is we're never just taking the time to talk to these monsters to communicate. You know what I mean? And I think that the world would be a much better place. So if you could be a friend with any one of these kaiju, which one would you be a friend with? (laughs) Well, I guess this might be a spoiler for our review, which comes out tomorrow. Okay. Um, but I will probably say Godzilla, because um, I think Godzilla. Uh, I would. I would love to be friends with Godzilla. He's, you know, as we as you as we go through these interviews, even those who worked on it revere Godzilla as a pop culture icon, and yeah. it's so true. I, I'd I'd want to you know be friends with him. I you know, and most of the time, I just feel like he's being misunderstood. That's you know, problem, and he's dude. and he's he's just you know no one's listening to him. They just they just think he's some big, angry kaiju, titan monster. But you know he's special. He's special. Yeah. You just you just gotta just gotta get into into the mind of Godzilla. And I think I think you could do it. So I don't know. I don't know how I would do it. Maybe it's some sort of ritualistic dance. Maybe I have to yeah. like make myself seem like I'm a Godzilla style <laughs> monster as I flail my hands. Did you ride on his back? Something like that? Dude, if He's if there spiky. was any if there was any monster or animal that I would wish to ride back on the back of, it'd be Godzilla. For sure. Yeah, not Goramon, unfortunately. No, Goramon is terrifying. I think See, Gor- <laughs> I, I think Goramon, again, look up Goramon if you get a chance, because I think he's the kind of guy for myself. If I was to have a friend, that would be the friend I'd want. The you awkward know, he one? Looks, he, he's awkward. <laughs> he looks so awful, but he knows sure. it. He he rocks it. You know what I mean? I think he's confident he's in his like, in ugliness. He's comfortable in his ugliness. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I can he would that. be a great person to kind of be like, he's the guy that you have as your wingman to make you look better. 
<laughs> no offense to to Goramon. I don't know if that um, sells you that sells you too well either, bro. <laughs> Come on, listen, Gor- look up Goramon and just we have an interesting relationship. Um, but someone who you got to, I guess, technically have a relationship with, to connect with, to talk with, uh, are some of the folks behind this series. Uh, and uh, Justin, why don't you let the lovely people listening as they're looking up pictures of Goramon on the internet uh, know who you had the chance to chat with? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, thanks to our friends at uh, Apple TV+, Plus, I had the opportunity to chat with the creative team behind Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Uh, that included Sean Conrad, the visual effects supervisor, uh, Matt Shackman, executive producer and director of episodes one and two, who you might also know that name from shows like WandaVision, upcoming Fantastic Four, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, he did do uh, some Game of Thrones. He yeah. did, he did, Ooh, he's, yeah. done, he's done a lot of stuff. Um, and uh, showrunner Chris Black, uh, who's also executive producer, and Matt Fraction, a name uh, for anyone who's uh, familiar with comics would recognize because yes. he is the writer of the Hawkeye series that was adapted uh, for the live action series. Uh, yeah, it was, this was, this was great. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. And again, a huge thanks to the team at Apple TV plus uh, for setting Absolutely. this up. It's been, it's been a really interesting period. You know, the SAG strike is over now, um, mm-hmm. you know, and who knows, we may get more actors, but you know, I really even enjoyed my, my time interviewing all of these creative people that are behind the scenes you know we are geeks we like to geek out and 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 i feel like in a lot of ways uh the the people that get to work on these shows and get to work on these movies behind the scenes are geeks and and want to geek out with us as well so it's 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 been it's been a really good time and definitely i i enjoyed i enjoyed my time with all of these folks because it really just it it highlights exactly what uh geek centric is all about in a lot of ways All right. Well, with that said, please enjoy our interviews with visual effects supervisor Sean Conrad, executive producer and director Matt Shackman, executive producer Matt Fraction, and showrunner Chris Black. Awesome. Sean, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for making the time to join us on the Geek-Centric Podcast uh, to talk about the visual effects from this show, which are outstanding. Uh, some some very top tier graphics that uh, visual effects that match the movie experience in, in a lot of ways, um, and and kind of speaking about those movies, you know the stories uh, that's featured in this series, the events revolve around past events um, that have already happened uh, to to a certain degree, and I wanted to know with your team. How did you guys build scenes that would add new perspective to mm-hmm. moments that we had already seen? So, like you know, one one of the really important things is we use the same assets for Godzilla and the bridge and the cars that are on the bridge that we had in you know Godzilla twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also, you know, we you know for the Skull Island of it all, like we went and we shot in Hawaii, you know, where this we get the same landscape, the same kind of terrain and. And we we knew like we wanted to do something new and different kind of environment that we we'd seen, but we needed a connective tissue to make it feel like it was part of that universe. So Chris's initial thing in the script was he wanted it to go off that bamboo spider, which we only see like through the leaves of the trees in the in in the feature, and then maybe like bring it out into the open so you, the audience can get a, a full look at it for the first time. So that becomes like a piece of connective tissue that then lets you take you out to a giant volcanic rock peninsula where mm-hmm. you see a crab monster come out of the ground. And uh, we we sort of looked at the terrain while we were shooting 
and we like you know we were standing on this on this rock and we're like well this rock is fantastic like why you know like this could be a really great thing and that, that sort of like design philosophy undergirds everything in the legendary universe anyway like mm -hmm. looking at the natural world the crazy weird scary things about it and bringing those to light that's how we we kind of made it fit in as you always start from something familiar and then extrapolate out yeah. And kind of work backwards in a way to kind of create something new. And again, I think that, you know, the episode, the first episode is a banger right off the bat with, with the massive monster battle. Um, but you know, the, the series feels very human centric, uh, monsters are obviously, and, and, and Titans are, are a part and outside of, you know, just making monsters, how else does the visual effects implement itself? Because there seems to be a good sense of, of practical as well. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, the the production design and locations work is like really top notch and that that gave us a, an excellent base to work from and you know some of that's like very subtle in finding the right locations you know when we go to Tokyo and we go mm -hmm. under something iconic like the Rainbow Bridge and then we put a missile battery on top of it and bits of graffiti that sort of give a, a sense of this world building or you know you you go to a plutonium plant interior and then you're doing more traditional 2D environment ex set extensions where, you know, you have a build and the, the art department will give you, you know, something for the actors to touch and then figure out how to like, you know, get stunt work going, rig up mm -hmm. rigs so it's safe, you know, like they, they descend 50 feet down. We didn't want to put them 50 feet up and that, you know, wouldn't necessarily be safe. So you right. put, you know, put them like 15 feet above the ground with a pad that'll do that in case anything, you know, God forbid happens. And, and then, you know, and then, you know, you break that up into multiple sets and figure out how you, how you do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's great. So it, it seems like, again, like, I guess it goes without saying the process of, of filmmaking is, is such, so collaborative. So to hear that, you know, VFX has to work with stunt and, and work with, you know, onset elements, it, it makes a lot of sense to help, you know, keep things moving. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for taking some time to share more insight about yeah. uh, the VFX on this series. Really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, thank you so much. And a big shout out to all the visual effects teams across the planet who figured this out. We had over a thousand people across the world working on this thing. So takes a team, man. Takes a takes an army. Have a good one. Hey Matt, how are you? I'm I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for making the time to join us on the Geek Centric Podcast to talk about this show. I have been enjoying my time with it. It is definitely a, a mystery box in itself uh, to to unravel, which I've been enjoying. Um, I just kind of want to rewind the clock here for a sec and just uh, get a little more perspective as to what made you want to jump in on and be a part of this show and and direct the first two episodes and be an executive producer as well. Exactly what you just said. You know, it's this multi generational family drama and this multi generational puzzle as well. Mm -hmm. And I love Godzilla and I love MonsterVerse movies. But what was so surprising was how emotionally invested I got in this family story mm -hmm. and how clever it was to be able to tell this, these intersecting stories through different timelines. Um, I think it was essential also because it's a television show you can do things in a movie in two hours and you can spend a lot of time up in the stratosphere with the monsters battling each other but if yes. for television you want to be rooting for these characters and and tuning in week in and week out to see how they're doing and caring about them and i think that the construct of the show was all was built around the human element intentionally for that reason 
Yeah, it's, that's what I've said too in, in our discussion about it. For It's very human-centric. The monsters are very much a, they're there, they're very important, but it's more about the human story and, and the effects of that these events may have on on humans and, and so on. So I, I really enjoyed that perspective. You know, as the director of the first two episodes, you know, was there anything you wanted to establish from a visual tone or even just atmospherically that would hopefully, you know, again, we have a variety of different de directors that would potentially carry on some of those elements through their episodes as well. What you said, human centric was a big part of it. I, I really wanted to tell the story of these monsters and the world changing as a result of these monsters from yeah. the point of view of our characters, which meant subjective filmmaking, which meant being there on the ground with them on the Golden Gate Bridge instead of being up there with Godzilla as he's being hit with missiles and, and being shot with machine gun fire. Um, it's being with John Goodman at the beginning, running through that bamboo forest and not really seeing all too well what's chasing him until he gets out of it, out of the forest. Um, that's so important to the visual language of the show, which is human point of view, subjective filmmaking. But it's also the puzzle you were saying, you know, it fits into existing parts of the MonsterVerse. We are mm -hmm. on the same bridge that Godzilla 2014, Gareth Edwards movie, has a giant sequence in. We are in the same parts of Skull Island that John Goodman has been in in a movie called Kong Skull Island. So I wanted to honor the continuity and the style and the choreography that those filmmakers had in their films to make sure that felt like these were scenes that just maybe got cut out of the movie. You didn't get a chance right. to see. Um, so it all linked together and helped like it felt like it was part of a shared universe. Yeah, it helps to add like a thread to the MonsterVerse movies. And that's what I really enjoy is that this situates itself in a, in a really interesting place to help give more detail to Monarch a, as a whole. Um, now, you're no stranger to working on big IP projects. Your work on WandaVision has been celebrated as some of the best in television. Um, and your upcoming work on Fantastic Four is highly anticipated. And there's just so much talk. You're used to all the chatter. Mephisto and this person's going to be this person and all this casting stuff. Uh, how do you block out all that noise and keep focused on the task at hand and telling the great stories that you love to tell? Well, I don't block it out. You know, I actually kind of celebrate it because it's awesome. passion and engagement, which right. I have as a fan, and I understand it completely. You know, I want to know who's going to play the Fantastic Four. Before I was directing it, I was wondering right. the same thing too, you know. And um, and if I hadn't made WandaVision, I probably would have been tuning in week to week, wondering and making theories. And I hope people engage with Monarch in the same way. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that's so wonderful about television and about the idea of being able to watch something week to week instead of just binging it in a weekend. You have that, that anticipation and to be engaged passionately as a fan is something that's such a part of who I am and that I celebrate it. And gosh, it's so nice that it's there. You yeah. know, you don't want to make something that no one is paying attention to and no one cares about. I mean, that's 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 not where you want to be. You want to be engaged with passion. Right. Absolutely. Now, I, as my last question, as we wrap here, I just wanted to know, you know, coming back to Monarch, with so much going on in the season, uh, is there something that you hope audiences will take away from it? Because, you know, you've talked so lovingly about like the human touch to it. Is there anything specific for yourself that you hope audiences will take away from this first season? Well, I think the biggest thing is that it's for all audiences. You know, the thing that's amazing about it is I think if you're a diehard MonsterVerse fan, 
there, there's the puzzle, you're learning about how it fits into other movies that you love. But, you know, in those other movies, most of the human characters are experts and scientists. They know everything about monsters. Our human characters don't. They're learning along the way. So if you've never seen a monster movie, uh, you've never seen a Godzilla project, like you can come into this show, fall in love with these characters and learn about that world as they learn about it. And I think that is is part of the magic trick. You know, everyone is welcome. Matt, this has been great. I, I've enjoyed your perspective. Uh, like you said, you're a fan, you're a geek, if if I may be so kind to share Absolutely. that word, you'd use that word. And I really enjoyed uh, the time. And I love that you talk about this so uh, passionately from the human perspective, uh, because that's exactly what connected with me about this show. And yeah, I'm I'm very happy for, for the opportunity to chat with you and looking forward to seeing uh, Fantastic Four. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> Have a good you. one. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, how are hey, you? Hey, Justin. Hey, Chris. Hey, Matt. How are you guys doing? Hanging in there, man. Yeah, great. We're good. <laughs> Busy day, I can imagine. Yeah, no, uh, but look, it's like uh, it's yeah, better than it, better. It's working. Yeah, better than the alternative. The fact <laughs> that there has been so much enthusiasm and interest in the show is is thrilling to us. So, well, yes, I, I I've been enjoying my time with the show, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to join us on the Geek Centric Podcast. Uh, my first question is really for both of you. You know. I, maybe we'll start with Chris. You know what? What was it that drew you to wanting to, to play in the in the MonsterVerse uh, world? Well, it, it it seemed like an impossible dream. You know, I mean, it wasn't. A, you know, I've been a fan my whole life. Matt and I have talked about this before. If you ask me what the first Godzilla movie or or Toho Kaiju movie that I saw, I couldn't tell you because it's mm-hmm. like it just feels like it has always been a part of my pop cultural consciousness. You know, I watched them when I was a little kid you know, on my parents' black and white TV on Saturday afternoons. And, um, uh, I, I, you know, I've been really fortunate in my career to work in, you know, some franchises that I love. I worked on Star Trek and and to be able to be a part of that in, in a universe that I was a fan of was, was, was an amazing honor. And I, it never occurred to me, oh, like, well, maybe you'll get to write for Godzilla. And, you know, just as a, as a working writer in Hollywood, you know, opportunities come along and I had relationships with the people at Legendary and they, you know, they came to me and said, you know, we've been, you know, we have this big movie franchise. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and they were like, we're, we've been working to develop it as a television series. Would you be interested in, 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 in coming in to, to help us with it? And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? And, uh, and then I met Matt, Matt and I teamed up, we really hit it off, we we felt we had really complementary sensibilities, and we loved the same things. And we saw the same, what what the show needed to be, we were really kind of in lockstep on what we felt the show needed to be, which would which was driven by character and by family. Um, uh, and uh, it, it was just an extraordinary stroke of luck. And now we find ourselves in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of all this. Yeah. <laughs> How about for you, Matt? Gosh, you know, it, 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 Godzilla is just ambient pop culture radiation, you know? Um, yeah. um and as a fan, you know, I, I, I mean, my, my only sense of, of, of what to write is driven by what I want to read or see. Um, and I wanted to spend time in the monster verse, but uh, but also the, the the challenge of writing television uh it, we, you know we weren't trying to compete with the films right it, it was right. it was about how do you tell a human story in this world and that that was what was intriguing to me was i got to spend 
a lot of time in this world that I've, that I've, that I've always loved and admired and, and thought was really cool. And uh, uh, getting a chance to, to tell this epic, tragic human story against that spectacular backdrop is just, you know, catnip, couldn't resist. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's one of my favorite parts is that it's more human centric uh, rather than monster centric. Like the monsters are there. They obviously influence the events, but we see how those events affect the humans yeah. uh, versus the movies that do such a great job at showcasing these monsters, you know, and putting them in the forefront. The show is definitely putting the humans in the forefront and putting Monarch, which again, like such an elusive government agency. And now we're, we're, we're adding depth and dimension to that. How do you balance that? Like, how do you balance that human drama with that sort of bigger picture story? Like, I, I'm sure you guys have watched always Sunny. Uh, I, oh, I just think of Charlie Day with his, you know, board and, you know, he's got all the stuff on a map right. trying to right. figure it out. How do you, how do you guys map that out? Because this is playing in a sandbox of stories that already exist. Well, we have lots of boards. We have, I, we have a lot of boards, and, and, and we have a tremendous room of writers. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we've got great producing partners uh, up and down the line and, and, and a great studio that kind of help check it. But right. I think the, the answer is that the, 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 it was about Kate and Kentaro discovering this horrible secret about their father and learning over the course of the season that the story of their father is also the story of Monarch. Mm -hmm. um, and as they learn who... Hiroshi was, the audience will learn how Hiroshi became who he was, and, and that all ties into to who and what Monarch was. You know, we we didn't want to make a show that, that that required homework. We didn't want it to feel like a Wikipedia article. We wanted to tell this compelling, propulsive human mystery that as it gets solved, answers these questions and 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 thoughts that, that that super fans have had all along right you know? but also remaining the, the mystery is key right learning these solving these puzzles always presents three more harder puzzles to solve well and then right. the balance asking about the balance there's not a formula you know there's not a mathematical <laughs> formula it's really the craft and the art of storytelling you know yes. and as you're as you're following this path at what point i think the story and the characters kind of tell you it's like you know, they run into, they, they encounter the obstacles, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and they, you know, and you, and you find those places, you know, in the story as you're, as you're, as you're unraveling this mystery with them, you know, we, we said in the room that it was always, you know, the, the, the first season arc for these characters was they're searching for their father or, and the monsters keep getting in the way. And in, right. in, in a way, the characters would tell us when it was time for a monster to get in the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, usually it was right when they were about to get something that they really, really wanted. That was a perfect time to have something right. horrible happen. Right. Yes, so absolutely. I remember building building the season and talking about episode five and realizing, like, oh, this really needs to be Kate's story. It's the halfway point of the season. It's time for Kate's kind of this full picture of her psychology to happen. Like, we're gonna let the flashback go dark that episode and the flashback is Kate's flashback. Mm -hmm. It's a, in it, you know, and that was a human decision. It was a storytelling decision. We thought there would be flashbacks every episode. We got to that and we were like, you know what, this one is really Kate's show. You know, yeah. this one is about how this young woman came to be the, the lady we meet in the pilot. Well, you try yeah. to write it the way you would want to watch it, which yeah. is, is like, if you're, you're going, what do I want to see in this episode? Mm -hmm. If I were watching the show, what, what haven't I seen yet? What do I want to see? What needs to happen here? You know, yes. what's surprising? What's surprising? Yeah. And and I think what's what's very surprising is how we get to go back and forth between two different periods. And 
see an origin story to uh, the, the the monarch and see almost a, a sort of trauma that affects the events from from these monster events and from Kate's perspective it's it's really great that that human touch exists throughout this entire series and I really enjoy that I, you know we're talking about obviously monsters uh big monsters and you guys are obviously very well versed in it do you have your favorite your favorites from 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 the monster verse that you 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 like and that you're happy that see in the show well i mean I, like first and foremost it's godzilla right i mean he's i agree he's, he's a cinematic icon he's a pulp culture pop culture icon i mean godzilla all day long he's um, the og yeah yeah it's yeah just, that's what i said <laughs> yeah i mean uh, uh, just to be able and and you know just even as as fans to get to like go to toho uh uh they've got like this eight foot godzilla statue right yep. at the front gate to see the stages where they made these things to see all the photos the behind the scenes photos they have on the wall um so it's just just godzilla is is such a blast pardon the pun uh, to to get to you know you, we'd be writing and write like you know exterior Godzilla and it's like oh that's so cool yeah, you know kind of give you a chill yeah yeah it's it's an amazing it's amazing to hold this baton in this kind of you know pop culture relay race mm -hmm. and I still get chills like when we look at the episodes and you've seen some of the episodes that you know you you write it that it's part of the the and, and I'm sure you talk to a lot of writers and producers you know writing is a is in a lot of ways, a job. It's mm -hmm. what we get paid to do. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of, you know, physical and mental exertion that can be exhausting and challenging and maddening. And sometimes you, you, you get so inside of the work itself that it's hard to take, you know, to, to really take a step back and appreciate what you're doing. And then there was a, an opportunity then when the show was finally done to sit back and watch them and uh and seeing all of the visual effects and hearing i remember watching episode you haven't seen it yet but the, the finale episode episode 10 mm -hmm. on the mix stage as they were doing the final sound mix and hearing it blasting through those big speakers on the stage and hearing that roar it's like you you just go you're like i have the best job in the world absolutely you know? I mean, yeah. There's a reason why they put the roar in all the trailers, yeah. you know. Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's so it's, signature. It's a coic. It's just as it's 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 you know it's it's haunting, and it it's it signifies so much that as you as you pointed out, Matt, it, that Godzilla has a place in pop culture. And what's great is like he's sort of a rock star. Like he's okay. not in every episode. He's sort of like well, you know the... he's so easy to work with. You would never know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He shows up on time. He hits his marks. He knows his lines. It's really he's he's a dream to work with. Total pro. Awesome. Well, you guys were a dream to talk to. Thank you so much for, for making the time. Um, and I look forward to seeing how this, this all wraps. Great. Thank you great. very much. Thank you. It was awesome. A pleasure. Have a great one. Bye. We are back. Justin, those interviews were almost as big as Godzilla himself, I think. I think, you know, and I, I, I love the bit at the end with uh, Chris and Matt discussing how easy it was to work with Godzilla. I'm telling you, man, I think... These monsters are friendly folks if you get to know them and if you're paying them right and if you're you know if your studios are doing right by them uh I think maybe they will uh they'll cooperate. <laughs> yeah, of course, man. Do right by your kaiju. Uh no, but in in all seriousness, what what I love about these interviews is that they all really connected with the one piece that we talked about and we'll you know again, we'll elaborate on in our review when we post it tomorrow, but it's that human touch. It's that human mm -hmm. focus that really does um make this different from those monster movies so these monsters are treated 
more like rock stars, right? Like they're not the they're not as central. They 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 exist. They're important. They're they're into the world, but they are very much the they have the rock star status where they're going to do what they're going to do. Exactly. Yeah. You, you hear yeah. about them. You 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 know they exist. You, you, they're they're elusive. But at the end of the day, the the focus of this is that that human story. Yeah, and I think that was uh, yeah. You're absolutely right. When when, when you listen to our, our spoiler free review, uh, there's obviously an emphasis on that. I think that's one of the best aspects. Uh, that's the part of we love. It's yeah. the it's the part we loved. Uh, all right. Well, that is it for this special behind the geeks episode for Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Again, special thanks to our friends at Apple TV Plus for these opportunities. We're always so humbled when we get to talk to the amazing people that make the things. We love. Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering our recent releases, like our spoiler-free reviews for Next Goal Wins, uh, as well as The Marvels, uh, the Netflix series Blue Eye Samurai, Invincible Season 2, Part 1, Hunger Games, uh, A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, uh, and David Fincher's The Killer. We also have some other amazing interviews out now, like our most uh, recent interview before this with uh, executive producer Mary Livinos and composer Laura Cartman uh, from The Marvels, where Justin talked to them about the power of their own collaboration uh, and the work that they did as a team uh, to make that movie a cosmic blast. So be sure to check out those interviews and all of our interviews either here on your podcast service of choice or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Plus, we just wrapped our watch club for Loki season two with our finale episode where we were joined by yet another Matt, uh, Matt Rorabek of They're the everywhere. Untitled movie. There's so many Matts. They're like kaijus. Like, <laughs> they are. They're like kaijus and they're all rock stars in my, yeah. In my life. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but uh, Matt Rohrbeck of the Untitled Movie Podcast joined us where we got into our we got deep into our, our thoughts and theories uh, on what's next for Loki and everyone at the TVA. Um, so, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this monstrous Behind the Geeks episode. Uh, and as we say, love ya. Peace. <laughs>